Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of the Business Success and Coffee Podcast. Today, I'm joined by somebody who intrigued me when he first jumped onto this recording because I wasn't quite sure of the accent. So today, I'm joined by Ben, Ben Bressington, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And I'll let you decide, listeners, where you think uh, he might be from and based at the moment and any other influences that are in his accent as well. So good to have you on the podcast, Ben. Hey, super excited to be here. So give me a little bit of an introduction. Tell me a little bit about your story and uh, tell the listeners a little bit about you. So uh, I'm an Australian that now lives in uh, uh, Tampa, Florida. Uh, I grew up uh, with a criminology degree. So I uh, was uh, highly passionate about human behavior. That got me into the world of e-commerce from an early age. Uh, And little did I know what I had always been doing in my life has been applying criminal profiling to sales and marketing, which led me down a path of gamification, um, which is just about applying game mechanics and engagement to a sales funnel, a sales process, and like uh, always automating the sales system. So I've published over 300 apps, written multiple books, uh, and helped grow companies all around the world. I've been fortunate enough, like when I was uh, 16, I was flying back and forth from Australia to Hong Kong to uh, trade shows to uh, buy products on my limited credit card I had at the time. And I had 30 days to literally get back home and sell them before I had to make that payment on the credit card. So uh, that's how I started on my world of e-commerce and my businesses online. And it's led me to where I am today with at Behavior Sales, where uh, we've created this artificial intelligence that helps people predict the personality types they're talking to, but then also shows them how to better engage with the people they're communicating with. Because if you're in sales or if you're having conversations or you're running a team, dealing with different personality types is usually something that some people will do an assessment one time. And then they're kind of like, well, that was great. And then they forget about it. But they've, yeah. they fail to understand that, hold on, how do I apply this stuff to my life that doesn't require me to have a PhD? Because I asked most people, I'm like, hey, have you ever done a disc assessment? Like, have you done a disc assessment? Yes, I have. Yeah. Right. So I, got, hey, well, I hope some of the listeners have as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's test your, test your skills now. What was your results? Mine was a, a very high D. Okay. Uh, and it has got higher as time has gone on as well. Uh, but yeah, my my sort of uh, S is pretty low. So I've got a question for you then. All right. So you actually remember your grade, which is different to what most people do. So okay. here's the challenging follow-up question. What does it mean? Yeah, what does it mean? That's, that's a good question. <laughs> that's and, the million-dollar question. Yeah, for me... It means I've got the perfect profile to be a coach and hold people accountable, thankfully. But my eye is also quite quite good. So, you know, uh, again, as, as a coach, it means that I don't have to bang the table and shout at people to get what I want out of them. I can get what I want out of them. I can get them to get the best out of themselves through that influence. Uh, so the, the S and the C don't interest me much at all. I'm not a detailed person. 
All right. So you kind of know a little bit about what it is going on there. But if I asked you, how would you have to personalize your communication to connect with the eye? What would you say? Yeah, that's that's more difficult. That is definitely more difficult because mapping that across is something that I've been on various workshops and is always hard to do. Yeah, so a lot of people use complicated processes or complicated rules. So at the end of the day, what we can help people do is we can help them um, help them better connect with their lead list by literally converting an email address into a personality profile that they don't have to send people uh, an assessment to complete. We literally uh-huh. analyze the, all the data that's out there on your LinkedIn profile, your the emails you've sent, this type of stuff. Mm. And we can literally convert that. Because now imagine this, the sales rep who's now calling you knows you're a D and possibly a high I. So now I know how to better engage with you, better connect with you. I understand what your motivations are. I know what your decision-making process is or could be. So therefore, I can use that to my advantage when closing the deal. Or what's even more important, how I present my offer to you to captivate your focus. Because if I can captivate your focus, I can then lead you to a close. The thing is, is where most people go wrong is they enter a sales call and they're like, they spend the first few minutes fumbling around trying to create rapport. When if you know the personality type, you can actually create rapport in like less than 60 seconds and literally be into your presentation. Yeah. Does that make sense? It it does. And it's interesting what you said uh, at the beginning of that as well about communication and engagement, because it's about turning communication into conversation, isn't it? And you need that engagement to turn it into a conversation. And it's that, that understanding the profile that allows you to enter that conversation so much more effectively because communication is easy bit because communications is just broadcasting the same thing, but yeah. having conversations and engaging with people is completely different because that's got to be more specific to the person that you're engaging with. Yeah. Well, and what I say to people is that uh, conversations create, uh, um, well, connections create conversations uh, and uh, conversations create business. And without yeah. quality conversations, you're not going to have business. Like you're like, we can actually, one of the things we provide for our clients is we, uh, they connect to our AI for either live calls or post-call recording analysis. And what we can actually do is we can analyze the emails you're receiving in your CRM system from a lead to tell you if you've lost influence over the person you're talking to. You, we can analyze your sales call and literally tell you the personality types. We can tell you their needs based on the language they're using. We can tell you if you even have influence or clout over that person. Because if you don't have influence over the person you're talking to, no matter what you do, you are not going to be able to close a deal. And this is where what happens is when a salesperson doesn't have influence, they start negotiating with themselves and what do what we call collapse on price usually, which is what usually happens. It's like, why did you pay them for us to work with them? Oh, it's the only way I could get the deal. And I just piled in the the bonuses and all the other stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. And and we've all been there. And and this is part of the thing of that communication gap of if we had something that could alert us to this or bring us awareness to this. One of the other things that uh, people love to see is uh, what we call the the buying phrases, which is Mm. adjectives if you want to get technical. Um, And we can actually define all the adjectives you, you, you used on the call. And the ones I used and see where there's overlap and what you didn't use, what's actually most important to you based on what you're saying. And this kind of gives you soft metrics to be tracking your sales team on their actual conversation performance. Because gone are the days (laughs) of it's just about more dials. You've got to dial 500 people a day. 
No, you're better to connect with quality conversations every day and you'll have better results. Completely agree. And I'm going to hold a question for a little bit later on because there's quite an important thing that I want to ask you about that a little bit later. So I've just seen you take a sip of your drink there. So this is the business success and coffee. And today I'm just about coffeeed out. So I have to admit, listeners, that this is the end of my day. So I've actually gone for a traditional English tea. So I've got an English breakfast tea with some milking. I don't have sugar in it. I just had a couple of uh, ginger nut biscuits to go with it as well, which has just got uh, my sugar levels up a little bit. Uh, so that's that's me, and I'm drinking it in one of my favourite mugs. So tell us, Ben, a little bit about what you're drinking. And you, you mentioned before we started about sort of kicking the, the coffee habit. So just tell us a little bit more about what you're drinking and, uh, and a little bit more about it. Yeah, so I uh, kicked my coffee habit. I was usually having eight to 12 cups of coffee a day, uh, which I didn't think was too much, but my wife certainly did. Um, and uh, I uh, had to kick that habit because she's like, there's no way you can give that up. So I kind of switched back to my tea regime yeah. and uh, matcha. So I'm a matcha fan, green tea matcha. Um, so that's what I usually drink. And I've also enjoying the water right now because it's been a gym day. So I'm trying to rehydrate. Yeah, right. <laughs> And from a point of view of, of tea, I mean, one of the things I find, particularly with green tea and jasmine tea, et cetera, that I actually don't mind if it goes cold because I can still no. drink it uh, and I can drink it all day long. I've got honey and lemon, which I keep in a flask and it goes cold probably mid morning, but I can still keep drinking it because it just keeps the voice going and, and keeps everything lubricated. And tea for me is one of those where if it goes cold, I cannot drink cold coffee. So when coffee's gone cold, that's it. I know people drink iced coffee. And I've had lots of guests that talked about iced coffee, particularly in Tampa and places like that where it's really hot. But yeah, uh, yeah. so is, is your tea particularly hot when you drink it or are you? It usually starts there and it usually ends up cold, but I'm drinking it and it really gets to the point where I really don't, I it doesn't bother for me. <laughs> so Good. it's all uh, it's all over the place where my yeah. wife, she's uh, when her tea goes cold, it's got to go back into the microwave and all that type yeah. of stuff. So, yep. But what's fascinating about that is it's the two different personality styles. Um, and I could either get driven nuts by that or I can embrace it and understand how to work with it. Yeah. 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 And that's, uh, yeah. And we make so many choices like that subconsciously, don't we, as we go for our lives, but actually our brain is doing the work for us, but you know, it's, it's something that's still happening, but just because it's subconscious doesn't mean that something isn't working at it. So let me ask you a question just to evolve the drinking uh, a little bit. If you're going out for a meal somewhere and I've never been to Florida, I've, I've booked a couple of times and I had to cancel, unfortunately, but if you're going out for a meal at one of your favorite places, what do you like to have? with the meal to drink uh, i'm usually a beer guy i will drink wine but okay. uh usually i'll uh, usually have a beer uh, i enjoy the ipas but at the end of the day i try enjoy uh, trying all different types of beers uh, yeah. I, I and uh, when when i'm in the uk i'm usually drinking a strongbow somewhere so it doesn't really matter ah, okay strongbow oh there you go yeah uh, and it's interesting you say IPA as well, because, you know, that seems to have absolutely gone ballistic here in the UK. And, you know, anything that's got IPA is the one that everybody's drawn to. So uh, definitely that and all the flavoured gins, that seems to be the, the, the thing that's staying the test of time. So good. Exactly. So, we, so we know you're a bit of a beer man as well. So uh, that, that's good to know. So thinking about your own business then, just, just for a moment, uh, and we've heard obviously a great insight into what you do and how you do it. But from a, 
a personal point of view of what you've worked on in your own business, perhaps something that you've fixed, something that you have developed. Um, just is there anything you can share about that that might be something recent or something significant? Yeah, so one of the biggest things was I had to work on uh, the model in which I process and create beliefs because my beliefs create my reality. And one of the things is, is as even when I'm growing a business, I'm like, well, for example, I can either focus on getting one sale at a time or I can focus on getting 100,000 sales at a time. So I was like, the questions then change. So it's like, if I wanted to get 100,000 sales, what do I have to do? I have to think about licensing. I have to think about that model. But also um, my beliefs just... I had to start becoming more aware of, you mentioned it earlier, the automated scripts that kind of run my life, yeah. why I'm doing what I'm doing. Is that working for me now? And I usually ask people two questions. It's either your beliefs are helping you thrive or die. And most people don't realize that their beliefs got set, ingrained into their, their DNA uh, at the age of somewhere between five and seven. And most of the beliefs you created as it relates to your life and how you operate your life to this day were created by a five to seven-year-old child who was trying not to get hurt in the playground or in the social experiences they had. So when you think about that, you're like, so literally, I'm running my business as a seven-year-old child. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? And you have to really start to crack that egg open on like, why am I making this decision? What's the meaning I'm applying to that? And is there really any meaning to that? Or how could I better interpret this? Um, I found uh, that I wasn't asking enough how-based driven questions and turning the statement of, I don't know how to do that to, into, I don't know how to I do that yet. And if I can apply that yet to the end of it, I can go so I can then follow up with that how-based question, which is positive. So when we talk about language, for example, we can go, okay, most of the people will say, I don't know how to do that, right? Which is a negative-based statement, which usually creates a negative-based spiral. So if you ever pay attention to it, you'll then have people uh, start to list the excuses, excuses, rationale, or logic for yep. all the reasons why they can't or haven't done it. But and the usually they're external excuses as well, aren't they? Because it's much yeah. easier to blame something that's outside of you rather than yourself. 100%. So, and you've got to become aware of that. You're like, well, hold yeah. on. I, I didn't know how to start a business. So how do I go start a business? So if you start asking, and if so the secret is, and here's a quick hat, hack that people can write down, add yet to the end of those negative statements mm -hmm. to turn them into a positive, uh, and then ask how-based questions. Because how then gets you into an action state. And through an action state, you can literally change your world and reality and create confidence. Here's another little secret. Um, most people think confidence is a personality trait. And I started life uh, as a teenager, and I was extremely shy, like, ridiculously shy. I had a coffee shop at the time and I would literally be too embarrassed to ask people hello when they walked in. All right. Mm. And what I didn't realize is that confidence is actually the state of mind you gain through action by doing something. It's not, it's not a personality trait you have. It's something you have to work through, through action. Absolutely. Most people are looking for confidence the wrong way. So think about what's the little actions you can take. And as soon as you start taking that momentum, I call it the three seconds to fear rule. You may have heard that before. Yeah. Uh, like you've got to be in mom uh, momentum and through that momentum, you'll get confident and you'll have success. Like it could be a, when I was a teenager, approaching a girl was like impossible. It wasn't yeah. going to happen because I was dead stuck in fear. And obviously in sales, when I got into the world of sales, 
that just wasn't going to cut it. Yeah. I, 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 I just had a flashback then, as you were mentioning that, Ben, because you mentioned about approaching girls. And like you at school, I would have never started a conversation with, with anybody. I was quite big for my age, so I was probably two, three feet taller than everybody else in my year. Um, and then I didn't grow anymore. But it it's, took me back to the only time that I've ever really had a conversation with a girl was uh, a girl who came up to me and she asked me to go out with her on, on the way into school. And I'm still married to her uh, then. And that was, we met in 1984 and we're still together now. So I've not had much experience of asking uh, girls for that kind of thing. Um, but it, you're right, it makes such a difference. But I mean, I'm intrigued and I want to just dig a little bit deeper just for a moment because you very often when you think of children, you think of children asking the question, why? So every time you say something to them, that's the, the response you always get. Why? 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 What you're talking about is actually looking at that perspective of the seven-year-old of how. Mm -hmm. And what would you say to those people that do find themselves asking the, the why all the time? Because the why is very much an external factor thing, isn't it? You know, how is something else going to affect me? What's that sort of shift that you can explain between the why and the how? Well, why they're looking for an external motivator. And that's important because there's two types of motivators. You either have internally driven or externally driven. So the thing is, is people are literally in two buckets. They're externally driven by external factors of status, uh, fame, authority, or what that's going to make me feel like whatever it is, or they're, they're internally driven, right? So what most people don't listen for is how they're framing that to then you're literally framing to people their goals or the, the objectives they need to take, which are all incentivized by external measures when they measure internally. And there's two simple questions you can ask people right now that'll help you transform your communication. So for example, you can go, the simple question is, uh, what's important to you about your work, right? Mm -hmm. and, or you can say, what's important to you about your relationship? What's important to you about your kids? Whatever, yeah. right? Listen intently to the answer. When you listen intently to the answer, they're going to literally tell you all their hot button triggers. Like my, I'm passionate about my work and I love being able to create products and I love being able to speak in front of people and like the list will just go on, right? Yep. Then uh, what you want to ask people is what will having that um, creativity do for you, right? What will having that trigger word do for you? Right. And then they're going to tell you and they're going to answer you in two different ways. It's going to be either a towards or away from response. And if they're towards, you need yep. to phrase your language actually using a toward methodology. So let's go towards the house, not away from pain, because if yeah. you actually present your opportunity or you present your language to people based on pain, when they're trying to avoid that, or when they're, you're not, you're going to repel them. And this is what yeah. a lot of people miss. Um, and I know we're going deep into that now. Yeah. And, but this is why I usually focus on, look, there's four personality types. We use the birds because it's easy to remember. Um, and that way, if you can just picture four different birds that you're talking to, um, you'll never have to worry about the technicalities because you can instantly understand their motivations, their drives, their passions, and you can understand what you need to do to have yeah. your message heard by them. And that's where a lot of people go wrong. Yeah. And, and I know people listening to this will be thinking the same as I am, but you know, how many times have we been sold to badly mm. when somebody just keeps hammering mm. home 
the pain that I'm avoiding. Oh, yeah. And if and if I'm seeking the pleasure, if I'm looking for the aspirations and I'm looking for something that I really want, I don't want to keep looking back at the pain that I'm leaving behind because that's not a factor for me. You yeah. Know, that's, but that's what, what's it. interesting is that they're usually selling from their perspective. And this is where yes. most salespeople or even management go wrong is they're trying to communicate to their team from their perspective. Yeah. And the thing is, is that's one in four perspectives. And you need, if you want to be running a team, you need to understand the four dynamics and how to use them and leverage them and understand that you need all of them on the bus. Like for example, yeah. if you've got a deed, uh, if you've got a lawyer you're working with, or you call it a solicitor or an attorney, yeah. right? If you've got someone you're working with like that, who's not detailed, that could be very problematic with you because the details could get used against you. Or another example. If your accountant or bookkeeper is not somebody that we would call an owl, someone who knows, takes the details, um, like they they want to know the blueprint on everything. They're the ones that ask you for sure. every itemized receipt that drive me just loco, yep. but they are fantastic in that role. If you have what we call the peacock, which is the peacock, and we I call the peacock Vegas because that's exactly what they're like. They're showy, glitz, glamour. They're the yeah. people person. They're the, the, the crowd pleaser. They always got the story. If you've got a peacock doing your books, they're not so detail-orientated. So they'll miss things. They'll take yeah. shortcuts. And if you're getting audited, that's not the best situation to be in. And it Does certainly, make sense? It, yeah, and it won't impress the the tax man, the IRS, whatever you want to call it. That's not Peacock is not going to go down very well at all, is it? With those people, neither. Definitely. Not. Exactly. So, and and one of the things I find is that, like, okay, yes, there's there's a whole thing about sales, but the communication in general, like when you're building a team, you may be asking the wrong personality to do the wrong role, the wrong type, the wrong activities, and as a result, you get frustrated or you get disappointed or let down. And the thing is, is well, you're literally asking someone who doesn't think the way you need them to think yeah. or think your way. And uh, there's no way to operate and run a team. And we're seeing a huge impact right now because of the virtual workforce. I don't know if you've noticed it in the UK, but yeah, a lot of people, because they no longer have the confines of the office to see things or to yeah. hover around people, yeah. Yeah. they're things struggling. Get, things get taken out of context so easily, don't they, when people aren't there and you can't see how they're being. You can't even notice what kind of day the guy's having before he walks through the door and mm -hmm. realize that he's in a bad mood because perhaps something's gone off at home or he's had a bad journey you don't get that context you just get the the shot of words at that time don't you without the context and without the exactly so yeah so you you're giving us a bit of insight of of what you've been working on in your business what kind of difference has that made then what what kind of changes has that brought about to be working in that way uh, the changes are absolutely massive. Like I've been able to uh, communicate more effectively with people. Like I literally teach people now how to communicate more effectively. I'm more effective in my sales process because when it came to sales at the time, I sucked. And the only way I had to get better was literally master the process of how do I close a deal? How do I go through it? How do I identify people and literally authentically connect with them? And here's one, something you might find fascinating. We've just doing a whole lot of research right now on uh, creating a baseline for winning sales conversations. And what that means is we can literally work with a company and we can analyze all of your communications, text messages, phone calls, 
um, emails, Zoom calls, you name it, right? Yeah. We can analyze the winning ones and the losing ones. And we can literally create a baseline for you. So we can assess every conversation you have on this baseline. Is it moving you closer towards getting a deal closed or is it getting you further away? from getting a deal close. But the other part of that is we can literally also analyze when does the language change and we can predict churn. We can predict churn and loss of productivity for a sales rep. They've had four calls that have just gone bad, for example, and their emails uh, or the communication is starting to get a little bit uh, distant and gapped. And as a result, we can tell them, hey, maybe it's time to check in and refresh. Or the other side of that is literally being able to uh, predict churn that you've got a customer who's starting to look around and abandon you. So that could save people a lot of money. So just a few things. Now, you've given us some some great insights and some uh, interesting tips. And uh, certainly the one I've written down here is adding your yet to your question. So I think that's, that's something I should definitely take away from this. How do the listeners reach out to you? How do they find out more about this intriguing subject that you're talking through here? Because I think there's not a person who isn't going to listen to this episode or any other episodes on this uh, podcast that doesn't need some kind of assistance, some kind of help with their communications and their messaging and certainly their, their sales. So how can people find out more about you, Ben? Uh, Yeah, the easiest way is just to hit up behaviorsales.com. That's behaviorsales.com. And if you want to reach out there, uh, and if you reach out to our team and mention this podcast, we will give people access to uh, the digital copy of the People Ignorant book for free. So that's a $25 US dollar saving. So it's less pounds, but you know what? It's still um, Still good value. It's still a savings. Yeah, Yeah, it's still good value. So if they they mention the podcast, when they reach out to our team or send an email or whatever it is, we'll we'll get them access to the... the, um, the people ignorant book, which we've, which I've just published as well as the bonus resources, which includes the, uh, the million dollar sales script if they want access to that. Well, wow. okay. Well, yeah, I'm scribbling that down now as we can get access to that. Um, just for, obviously there's people from uh, around the world going to be listening to this. Just spell the website. Cause I know sometimes behavior is spelt with a, a U and not a U depending on which part of the so, world from. So just give us the spelling of it. I was smart enough to have both of them. So it's a, ah, okay. we, That's good. We, we've, we have branded on the US style, but we do have both of them. So however you spell it, but B-E-H-A-V-I-O-R sales, S-A-L-E-S.com, behavior sales. If you do put a U in it, you will still get still there, get there. Uh, but Perfect. you will get charged. You'll get charged the English tax. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. That's good. So, um, as well as all the things that you've mentioned so far, if you could give the listeners one thing that they could take uh, and do something with, something to take some action on, because that's what this podcast is about, giving people tips that they can actually do something with, what would be something that you'd like to share with the listeners today, Ben, in addition to what you've already shared as well? The, the biggest thing I share with people is like, look, if you want to transform your sales, you want to transform your communication, your management, your influence, it's all about your ability to connect with others. So the best thing I have found that I've been able to master that's allowed me to do that, and I've tried a lot, a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, would be literally understanding the four personality styles. It's very simple. Um, if you haven't done recently, do a new personality assessment of yourself, because the more you can become aware of you and your traits, and, the, and think of that as the lens or the filter in which you respond and deal with the world. It's a complete reflection of the results you're having right now, right? 
So if you're not happy with that and you want more, you want better, well, how you do you get to that next level? That's what you need to start filling out. So it's that awareness of what's going on in your life, what's going on in your communication, just looking back. Like even if we look back over the last year, the last three months, what are the conversations that didn't go right? Why didn't they go right? What did I miss? Did I miss some body language? Did I miss some uh, message delivery? Uh, and if you can start just to focus on that in every conversation, you'll learn, you can learn something every single yeah. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. And uh, I had a young client who was sort of 21, 22 when he started his business and he started employing people and he was very aware of them, but not very aware of himself. And as soon mm. as he started looking at self-awareness and how he was talking, how he was holding himself in meetings, physically, uh, emotionally, and with his language, the whole business shifted and he got so oh, much more out of his team. Yeah, so great. Oh, well, great. one of the things I, I'll, well, we can leave people one extra thing, like uh, yeah. the body is always communicating intentional or unintentional messages. And that's what I think a lot of people have missed. And that's why I called the book People Ignorant. Like we become ignorant to reading body language. We become ignorant to the, the verbal style. Like there's a whole generation of people that have gone text and emojis and, they can't even pick up the phone. They don't want to pick up the phone. And like, there's a whole group of people now that like having a conversation is tedious and painful. So yeah. we've got interesting things ahead. Yeah. I, I just want to share one thing that you've just mentioned there, because I, I was having a conversation with one of the coaches in, in my group the other day, and he was talking about having chats on LinkedIn. And he said, I'm just getting nowhere with these chats. And I said, well, if you walked into a networking meeting with people face to face and you've got your cup of coffee and your soggy biscuit or cookie and you walked up to somebody because you'd seen them on LinkedIn perhaps what would you say when you walked up to them you wouldn't say hi Bill I'm Harlan this is what I've got to sell and you go straight into the will you marry me mode that I call it you know you go hi Bill nice to see you I saw you connect and you'd you'd start that conversation I said so how would you do that and this person said yeah, you know, it's that long since I've had a face-to-face -face conversation like that. I've forgotten. I wouldn't know. Wouldn't know where to start. And I think, you know, people who were good at it, because I mean, we're two years into this now, aren't we now? People have forgotten that skill of actually just having a conversation with people. And Authentically so connecting. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, authenticity matters, particularly with connection and sales. And um, it's a huge dilemma, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're interrupting somebody's life and conversation, you need good connection to do that. So that's great. So uh, final question then, Ben, and thank you for sharing so much. But final question, if you were to have your next tea or beer, um, your next IPA, perhaps in a dream location. So you've traveled the world. You've seen different places. I've never been to Hong Kong. So that's one of place on my bucket list. Where would your dream location be that you would have that drink? Um, probably Thailand is the next one on my list somewhere in uh, Thailand, uh, really anywhere. Yeah. And it would have a big bowl of, uh, red curry. That would be probably pretty good. Ah, okay. Oh, well, we've never had red curry given to that response. So that's, that's great. Well, thank you very much uh, for taking part in this podcast listeners. You know, you've got so many tips there, so many nuggets to take away. Please do something with that. And if you do nothing, from this podcast, just do the one thing of looking at that connectivity and that awareness uh, and that final tip that Ben gave us. And of course, 
reach out at behaviorsales.com would be good to connect with you there as as well and ben if you just spell your name if people are searching for you perhaps on social media uh it's ben b-e-n but your surname is bressington b-r-e-s-s-i-n-g-t-o-n Right. And you gave me a spoiler alert, didn't you? Because you gave us an idea of where you're from and where you're located at the moment, right at the beginning. So people didn't get to guess where your accent was from. So we've got that now anyway. But uh, well, I was going to say good day, but I thought that would give it away. Yeah, too much. <laughs> it might do. It might do. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. Listeners, do something with it. And uh, yeah, I really do appreciate you giving your time, Ben. Thank you very much. My pleasure. And listeners, as you always know, it's about being better aware, better educated and about being held accountable to getting something done. So leave us a review of how you have looked at your own profiling, um, your own way of aware, aware self-awareness, uh, and give us a review. Tell us what you've done with what you've learned in today's podcast, and I look forward to having you on the next one. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, if you'd like any help and support with your business, do get in touch with Simon. And to discover what your business needs you to fix next, visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you. Thank you.